Hello, welcome to the Father of Two podcast, episode two. I'm very happy to have Dave Gross here, the kind, well-spirited, um, well-meaning, helpful, well, actually, I don't know about helpful. He doesn't help me that much. He's helped me with his kindness just through his um, how he thinks, so we're going to get into that. Uh, so I want to welcome him to the podcast. John, thanks for having me. Um, I've been looking forward to come on. I know, you know, coming on, we've been talking about it for a few weeks here, and it's good uh, to be able to meet up in our, uh, you know, original hometown here. Right. We're, we're, we're broadcasting live. Well, it's not live, but we're broadcasting from Fairport Library. Uh, both of us went to Fairport High School. Dave was a grade above me. And, um, you know, what's cool about it, he's also a father of two. Yes. So he's got two little ones, and they're a little older than mine. So we're going to get into all that, all about his parents, how he brought up, how his relationships, and pretty much everything. We'll, we'll probably get on some tangents and all kinds of things. But just the fact that we both have two kids at home that are under the, well, what's your oldest? Finley is four and a half. Okay. And then Fiona is about two and a half. Okay. So four and a half and two and a half, minor three and one. So just the fact that we could set up time to sit here in a room is a success. So this podcast bombs completely. At least we were able to get together because having kids under the age of four or four and under is the most time consuming times for kids. You get into more problems as you get older, I'm sure. But right now it's all hands on deck. Yeah, I agree. I mean, honestly, just getting out tonight, it was, you know, I had, uh, I had, Dave was 20 minutes late. I had, that too, because Amanda was a little delayed to get home. I had to get a, you know, a, a permission letter signed by Amanda. The kids had to sign off. But anytime I have to leave, and then once you get in the car, it's great. Because then you're like, oh, I have a little bit of freedom. On my eight minute commute here, I was able to blast a little alt nation and uh, kind of get after it, get in the right mood and mind frame for this. Good. It's all about mind frame. It, but that, what you brought up before about wives and, and the whole stereotype that wives run the roost 100%, permission slips. <laughs> And just, just across the board, I've got friends who have wives. And there's a spectrum. There's definitely a spectrum. Some friends have a little more leash. They've a Some friends have a retractable leash. So whenever the wife pulls the button, they come right back. And other ones are, you know, got free range of the yard. So where do you fall on that with your wife? <laughs> okay, so I, I guess it's a fine it's a fine balance. She she allows me to get out and do some things, um, but it really depends. You know, I coach basketball kind of through two seasons, so there's a lot of times when I'm out, and that kind of is a side job, so it's a little different. But when it comes to it's a lot of time, though. yeah, there's a lot of time, um, and I try to cater the practices and, and things around being able to help at home and do as much at home. And I'm also a teacher, so I do get quite a few breaks, and we get the summer break. So in my mind, I kind of um, conceptualize: okay, I've got all this time where I'm going to be home playing helping out with the kids and then there's times where I'm going to be a little busier so as long as she kind of understands you know I'm there 
in the summer. I'm there 90% right. of the time. It's kind of like a trade-off for the, you know, the seasons where I'm really busy. But if, if I want to go out and do something with my friends or something, again, it's like, I need permissions. Who is it? What time? What time is the game you're going to go watch with your buddy? Well, why do you need to go there? Why can't you just, you know, have them come over? Some friends, friends are the first to go. Yeah, the friends go. When you got two kids and you've got other commitments, like you're a basketball coach um, and you've got a full-time job, friends are the first to go, which is a sad thing because what's the point of walking around on this earth if you can't hang out with your friends? Right. You know what I mean? That's the release everyone gets. You go around and get joke. Like, to me, I tell my wife, hey, this podcast is, uh, you know, it's important to me. Other people are going to listen to people's backgrounds and parenting styles. So it's important to other people. But really, I just want to talk with some people that I like. And I want to have time to do it. Yeah. So that's that's what we're doing here is uh, talking. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you consider me a friend and that I was able to come tonight because I... I also will be better friends after this. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love the podcast realm right now. It's it's skyrocketing. The popularity of podcasts and people being able to control on demand, just like Netflix and streaming TV. People want to be able to listen, stop, you know, twenty minutes in, come back later while they're doing a workout, while they're on their, you know, their car ride to work or whatever. And it's just a great medium. Um, for people to listen to. And I think it's cool when John and I are able to get together and discuss being friends and knowing each other for so many years, coming from the same place, and now sharing experience of being a father, which is a whole new entity. Right. That's that's a crazy... Parenthood's insane. But um, to, to touch base on podcasts as, a, as an industry, as a realm that it is now, I just think a lot of people are bored. A lot of people... Um, work their jobs by themselves, their drivers, their construction workers, and, and the ability for them to, to put some content. I listen to podcasts all the time. Just put some content on, it's perfect. Uh, so that's why I like podcasts, because I, I listen to them hours and hours and hours a week. Yeah, I I have probably most of my podcasts. Who do you like listening to? Who's your podcast? So top, I'm top three, if you've got three. So currently, yeah, I have, well, I have, um, I have two, three sports ones, believe it or not, because that's you know, my life. I know my brother's in the sports. Yeah, I've got um, a basketball one. I've got one that covers like Las Vegas odds in the sports betting industry. That's fun to listen to. Um, Let's get into losses for gambling. Yeah. Are you talking big numbers over there at the Gross Household? Are you talking? No, we're, we're going small. We're going small credits here. You know, I like to refer to So it, it's all pool money, right? It's it's leisure. If you're, you're I'm investing some small it's money. Fun. Small money. Yeah, it's donations. Bumps of fun. Yeah, bumps of fun, and it's it's a leisure activity. You know, um, so you're not losing a mortgage payment. No, no, heck no, heck no. <laughs> uh, no, a couple dollars here and there, but you know, we went to and uh, well, it's like any anything that people say can be bad habits. Uh, they're only bad habits if you treat them that way drinking smoking watching too much of this or that it's just it's all moderation so having a little pick me up throwing 50 dollars on a game or whatever 
as long as you can handle it. Don't let it get into that realm. You know, that's that's the thing. When it gets to the addiction aspect, which is a whole other topic, we could probably have a podcast on that and bring in a whole host of people that I probably know. Or who's who would you say first the worst addict? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, off air. Can we pause here? Uh, so, yeah, totally off air. No, but um, I've also I did a little bit of the serial podcast, which. Um, it goes through and it investigates um, real crime situations. And one one uh, podcast episode from there, or one season of Serial, actually led into a documentary. And it was um, trying to exonerate uh, a, a man now who's about our age who got locked up when he was like 18 or 19. So he's been in jail for almost 20 years. And because of the podcast, there were some producers out there and some attorneys who said, you know what, there's some stuff here and we're going to go ahead and try a documentary and try to get this man free because we believe... Was he innocent in the end? So, um, I just finished was watching it. Yeah. Um, he tried, he was offered a plea deal to stay in jail for four more years and he turned it down hoping for a new trial yeah. and he was denied the trial, like by a four to three count, so he could be in for another whatever thirty years. Yeah, I, that's a tough. I, mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want in that realm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So okay, let's uh, redirect back to parenting. That's what we're here. So you got two kids. The first kid was a boy, yeah. and your second kid was a girl. Yeah, perfect. Which is the opposite of me. I had a girl, and then I had a boy. So your boy, when he was young toddler you know kind of just learn to crawl learn to walk do you see different behaviors between the two when they were younger so just there okay so probably up to the one year ish stage is that what we're looking at like up, whatever crawling walking yeah crawling and walking yeah zero basically anything you can pull out i my perspective is uh that fiona was a quicker she was a quicker developer and learner in um crawling and then walking whereas finley it took finley seemed to be a lot more cautious in taking those first steps and like scared of the you know the fall and this and that right whereas fiona kind of when she was ready to walk she kind of got up and just started to go so a lot more so finley was a, not a claimer correct and fiona was a claimer more, yes her. just more apt to to go in and, and try things out that's interesting because um my first Effie, the girl, she's three, not a climber, cautious. Jobson's a wild man. This guy's one, he just learned to walk two months ago. He's crawling on everything. He's trying to jump over stuff, crawl over stuff. And I always thought it was a boy to girl thing. But I actually spoke with somebody uh, the other day who had two kids and they were the same sex. And they actually had the same pattern that the first kid was much more cautious than the second kid. So maybe it's not a sex thing. So maybe it's a firstborn. The second kid sees the first kid already walking and he's trying to get to that level of crawling and jumping and, and doing stuff on the couches or whatever. So maybe that's it. I think that makes sense. Right. And yeah, I guess the, the male versus female aspect, I'm sure there are certain, um, you know, if you look at percentages of girls and boys and their aptitude to climb and walk, I'm sure there are many different, you know, perspectives on that, but it does seem like that second child is more fearless just because I think they see, or uh, not afraid to fail because they see the older sibling 
well, performing tasks easily. That's our case study right now. We're, we're proving that between at least between our kids and the friend that I spoke with. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be interesting as we get through more of these, we can find out about that. Yeah, the more, I guess the more people you talk to, the more people will know. Especially, obviously, you have to have two kids because you had one. Right, you right. Second time. Right. To base it on. You got to um, have the setup. And even if, and then even looking further out to three kids. Um, I know. We, so, are you having a third kid? Only if you works because if oh, the only way, wait, wait, wait. So that because oh, I'm going to. I want to come well, back here in if one I year. Don't run out of money. Well, we can help you here. In one You're year, we can come back. No, I'm going to give you the ideals and the philosophy <laughs> to be a big earner. Okay. Okay. Not that I'm a huge earner, but, but I, I think I have some good ideas. The people want to know. But in a year, we got to be able to come back and do a father of three podcast. It's like the sequel, but you just got to keep. It well, I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna have a third kid anytime soon. Um, that uh, too much going on. I need. I'm about to open up this uh, canning sandwich shop in the next six weeks. So depending, now, it, it's called Tinsel. It's part. It's at the Lockstone. It's on the canal and I'll be in New York. And basically, I'm gonna be. We're gonna be serving ice cream, candy, sandwiches, soups. I'm gonna be running that baby. So depending on how well that goes, I mean. If my sandwiches are as good as this podcast, they're going to be delicious. Oh. So, so they're going to be good. Um, but if that goes off well and we make some money, and then Blockstone is the wedding venue, we make some money, we're going to have a gang of kids. But if not, stick with you. So, it has to work. If you didn't know, so Amanda and I actually aren't married yet. So, we've been. So, here's the other thing besides the kids. Two kids. Okay, we've been engaged. Um, Actually, this got brought up amongst other circles uh, within the last two weeks. Yeah, it usually does. Yeah, it's usually a, a laughing point for people or a, or a joke that comes. Uh, and I got, it's gonna be it's interesting. I don't know if it was a joke as much as they they were just. Uh, I think they were just not thinking you were actually gonna ever get married. Yeah, that's they're thinking you're just gonna stay in the fiance lane. Which I mean, honestly, marriage to me. It's just a piece of paper where you sign it and then you're committed legally. I mean, it's a formality. I mean, we're paying taxes to the government and we don't really know what they do with the money. So, why, you know, so why do we want to sign a piece of paper that somehow involves the government in our relationship? I don't get it. I don't get it. But I mean, people do it. It's uh, just something people do. I know. Yeah, I mean, I, if we had been married, let's say four years ago, right? We've been engaged for, man, I think, I think we're going on a six year anniversary. You know, other people have anniversaries for, uh, from their wedding dates. Right. We have anniversaries for every year that people are like, oh, when are you guys getting married? So now it's like six years. Um, but that was on the engagement date, though, right? I think so, yeah. Right. During spring break. We're probably right around that now. Right. I think we hit seven. So you actually don't know the date? It happened in Jamaica. Well, so if you think I remember the date that night, you're, you're crazy. Well, okay. Let's talk, let's talk about mayor. Let's talk about women and um, the whole fiance, uh, pre fiance, leading up to asking the question. Was there any pressure coming from the woman to get engaged? Do you remember that? Um, I find that that's typically one of the steps to getting engaged. 
is a little bit of push from the old. Yeah, I think there was a little bit. Usually would come in circles of friends and we'd be talking, and then she'd make a joke like, yeah, Dave, when are you going to finally... And your friends throw you under the bus completely. Yes, right? or, or the... It's hilarious. My, I got a couple of friends who are pretty wealthy in, uh, down in uh, downstate Long Island, New York City area, mm-hmm. and of course, they've been married, and, and you see the girls flashing their, their rings. And so, man, they, Dave, when am I going to get that $15,000 ring? Or, I mean, Never. Was that, I go, um, yeah, we'll see. $15,000. Whatever. I mean, they're, they're, they're fine. What, carrots, some, what are you talking there's about? There's some money down there. What are we talking about? I don't know. I didn't get I don't know. Because anything over 1.5 carat is you're looking five figures. Wow. Yeah. So. Anything, I think. I mean, I'm not a joke. I'm, I'm kind of really shooting at the hip here. And I threw that price. But, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, anything two. You're looking at five digits, you know, 10 or whatever, or close, very close to. So, so what do you think the average size is for carrot? Like I mean, a half? I think you got to go in the time zone. Like, if you're talking to your buddies in Long Island, it's probably a carrot average. If you're talking here in Fairport, New York, you're looking at diamond dust. Like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fairport's a good area. I grew up there. No, you're probably looking at a half a carrot or something, three quarter carrot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think like one carrot's big for our group of friends. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. If you're doing if you're doing more than one carry on your lady's hand, you're I mean you're showing off. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Another thing that you know, uh, a lot of I've heard of um, I've heard of rings being passed down almost like generationally. And I don't I don't know if those are the engagement ring. There's sometimes too many things with the bang, the wedding band, the engagement ring, the the promise ring. I mean, what are we, we're going to promise to then get engaged, to then get married, and then that, that's what, 30, 40K for some of these things? Yeah, I, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, it seems like it's a one-day thing, okay? Let's not go crazy on it. If you have the money and you've got relatives who are willing to throw that down, great. I think it's about the friends and family and celebrating the excitement of the marriage and do we need to get that formal that fancy well when you get married you can get married to a lockstone that's what i was thinking that's yeah. what i was thinking we're gonna have a big production I, i'm done and this place is gonna be it's just gonna be chock full of character max occupancy or, or you, you don't have that many friends holy cow that's that's good. That's that's our that's, that's our ceiling. That's a lot. Nobody's you gonna have 300 know. people. No one does that. Average no, wedding size 120. I was gonna say if you're 150, 175, that's a lot. Yeah, if you're getting close to 200, you're doing. Yeah, you get to the table like, um, how do I know you? Right. Like, oh, who's this? That's a lot of people. <laughs> but I mean, it's good to have the possibility for the occupancy to if you can get that many in there. Yeah, I wouldn't even want to do it because there's too many people. But you get paid the same amount, I think, from the locks. I mean, we'll charge the same amount. I think. Oh, because yeah, because then you're renting the building. Yeah, it's not the um, caterer. It's not the right. You know, no, it's the building. It's just the building. You hire everything else. It doesn't matter as long as you're under the max occupancy. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. For right. annoying reasons. Yeah. Fire code and all that. Pretty much. Pretty much. So back to the wedding. So I mean. Do you see it happening? I mean, people are saying it'll never happen. We've every year, every year we talk about that next year. She and must be pretty cool then. She's pretty cool. Yeah, she's pretty cool. We're both. I mean, we, we want it to happen. Obviously, are you on the same? Are you on the same page or? Is it- 
Kind of. Right. <laughs> but like every once in a while she'll throw out that she wants to do a destination wedding. It gets crazy with like, you know, going to Bahamas or the Keys. Well, and I'm like, well, it's not a bad idea. It isn't a bad idea. But then I'm like, every destination wedding I've been to, it's under 30, 40 people. I go, I've got too many family, friends that I would want to be. Well, I have a friend um, who recently just got married in, uh, she went, flew to some tropical area with just her husband. I think she didn't even let her parents come. She didn't let them come. Like, no, don't come. They did it just the two of them. I, I would hope so. I, don't know, I, haven't talk, I haven't talked to her about it. But, but then what they're doing is they're having a reception here, like afterwards. Oh, bless you. Thanks. So they're getting married just so you could go up with the kids, do your destination thing, and then have the party here at the Lockstone. Whatever. Yeah. And I'm pretty here. So that way everyone can get invited and you guys can go get married somewhere sweet and get dope pictures. Because I mean, at this point, after six or seven years, you are, yeah, that, that almost that almost is the honeymoon. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not the honeymoon. That's true. It's the, it's the, it's the pre. Well, it could be a honeymoon. It could, it could be a honeymoon too. Right. And then you just come here and get married, you know. We've got to coin a term for a pre. So it's almost like a. Uh, yeah, that's a great well, idea. Well, you get married, so technically you could oh, yeah, get so married and then have the honeymoon that week. So you don't have to get married. And then you have a right. celebration. The celebration doesn't have to be. No, it could be serious. Yeah, I mean, everybody's getting crazy with how to do stuff now. So, yeah, so, and whatever I, works for you. So at this point, people have been waiting for six, seven years. Right. They're not going to care where it is, the venue, and the Lockstone would be a great venue. Yeah, it's gonna, I mean, once you see it, it'll be cool. You can send outdoor, out. Can you get outdoors there, or is it gonna be all inside? Oh yeah, because yeah. I like the indoor out, indoor out, right on the canal. Yeah, great pictures. Yeah, the towns we need. Uh, I don't. So I, don't I got a, I got a maximum of twenty pictures. I can't deal with the pictures. To be honest, I've been in so many weddings and all the pictures. Uh, I'm lucky I don't have that many friends like to be invited to a lot of weddings. Because like the pictures got me gone. Yeah, the pictures I can't. Like, I can't afford to go to the weddings. I can't do all. I hid in a bush once just to get out of the picture. Don't tell Mike Ron. Mike Ron, if you're listening, that's hilarious. And don't. Are Eric you Miller? Eric, Eric Miller had no influence. Were you at groomsmen? Yeah. Was Miller hiding with you too? Maybe. Eric Miller. <laughs> Well, it's, so if we disappeared at London Ponds there or Powder Mill, I could... I can Photoshop them in the box if you need me to. You made most of the pictures. No, you know, so. that's good. You know, we, we, had, we couldn't follow Jeff Slater, the responsible one, all the time, so we had to, you know... Is he the responsible one? He like, should, when you think of that? Yes, he's usually the guy who, who steers people in the right direction. Oh. And it's just, he's very smart. He's a smart guy. So he kind of has, he's very logistics based too. Like he wants things run the right way. That's good. You got to have an organizer. Someone's got to organize stuff. Gotta have chaos. Everyone's got to have a role, like a good basketball player. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you have all leaders, all the guys are going to argue and there's going to be conflict. Okay, that's a good segue into being a coach. So this guy's coach. Oh, and we didn't even get to talk about how great it is to be a teacher, but let's. Uh, so you're a coach. You're two. So you do two seasons? Yeah, I do. So I coach in Webster during the regular basketball season. Who do you coach? Webster Thomas, boys modified. Boys modified. Seven and eight. Nice. Yes. 
And now I coach an AAU travel basketball team. And it's, I have a couple kids from Webster. I have um, Amanda's younger brother, who once we're married would be my brother-in-law, younger, but right. So it's a 15 team of kids from Canandaigua, Midlakes, Marcus Whitman, Rochester, Webster, and we play in Wait, six Marcus Whitman? Yes, we have one kid from Marcus Whitman. Oh, okay. Okay, I thought that was like the star player. No, no, no. You're no. shouting out one, one player? player. Okay. <laughs> no, no. We, we, have some, we have some good talent in our first tournaments this weekend, and we just got some new, uh, pretty flashy uniforms, to be honest. Nice. That was a fun part of it. Oh, one of these days, bring you on as a special guest coach. Yeah, we'd have to get you. We'd have to get you signed up uh, through the AAU um, official website. We've got to have a background check. It's actually okay. Well, don't bring me on as a coach. I'll just come on and shoot with you guys. You can come. Yeah, you can I'll just come lay around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. A motivational speaker. I can always. Oh, that's what it is. I'll be a motivational speaker. There's always room for that. Cool, cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, so with coaching, I want to get into groups. So you see, you're, you're with kids a lot more than I am. Yeah. Fifth grade yeah. teacher, which is like, what, 11-year-olds? 10, 10, 11. A couple 12-year-olds. And then you're with 13 and 14-year-olds coaching basketball. Yeah. So you see a lot. And you used to coach girls basketball. Used to coach And that was senior, right? Varsity. varsity. Right. So they're 18 or 17, 18, 16. Were, yeah, 19. we had some younger ones too. The girls not good. Right. Yeah, they move up quicker. So we had from 13 to like 18. Okay. Okay. Absolute nightmare at times. The, the girls are, I'm telling you, man, I will probably never. Is that because of clicks or attitudes what did you find the difference was the emotional aspect of so here's the biggest thing boys and this is not this i'm not being stereotypical this is more like um this is just your experience your experience yeah boys want to come and for whatever sport they really love they want to come and play hard and they are competitive and they want to beat the next guy and they also want to help their team win. The bottom line, there's some variances. Girls are there to be with their friends and be social. And, you know, a lot of them are kind of influenced a little more by their parents and they're trying to please their parents, right? So girls, it's emotional. It's, they're there for the friendships, the clicks, and kind of like the camaraderie. They're not there necessarily for the, for the sport and that hard, dedicated attack. So it sounds like, to boil it down, the boys have more of a competitive spirit where winning's their priority. Yeah. Where the girls have more of a social spirit where they're just there going through the motions a little bit and doing whatever. I, I kind of understand because I got, I mean, I went to, and I think it was modified basketball game in a small town. It was my uh, niece's game. And I'm pretty sure they were 13. I'm pretty sure when I was like six, I would have been the all-star on that team. It was, it, if they practice every single day, I don't know what the coach is doing. It was, it was not a good display of uh, basketball fundamentals. And sitting there watching, so I played for a while, all I want to do is make them better. I'm like, all you got to do is this or that or this or tell them this. Or, oh, I couldn't even watch. It was yeah. it's not good. Yeah, and obviously the, the skill level is, 
you know, not to, to kill um, girls' sports because they've come a long way and they're really good players and athletes, but um, oh, for sure, the ultimate skill level is just a notch below. So you're, you're going to notice the differences um, from. Well, it's like if me and you try to step on the court with a D1 player, right. would not be going at the same speed. A especially in our guys, right? A, a men's. Yeah, a men's. Right, right. No, no, don't get me wrong. I, do I think I could compete with a D1 player right now? Absolutely not. A little bit when I was younger, maybe at my best, I definitely could have. At your peak of your At my peak. Even maybe not peak. I think I could have handled them a little bit, yeah. but now I couldn't. But anyways, that's what like you're saying of the girls to you know the different age groups and their their uh, skill level. So well, I play, and it's funny that you mentioned the D1 athlete. Last night we had nine in my practice, so and I had scrimmage planned, um, so I had to jump in. So I was the fifth on one team. And we were going up and down. And I mean, 14, 15 year old guys, they're pretty athletic. Oh, you can't keep They just don't tie You can't I keep there. I'm just jogging. I'm getting to half court. I'm like, oh, I see a foul. Let's check it out. <laughs> I got all the whistle. Okay. Got a foul. Derek, you know what you did, Derek. You need to take a five. <laughs> Illegal screen. Let's check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to shoot up. Dude, that's funny. That's cool. You get to be the dom. You dominate them, though, right? When you're like but when hitting I, the post and stuff. Yeah, but I, do, I try to, what I do when I play is the one thing that I can still do pretty well, not having the athleticism I used to and some of those skills is like, I can see what gets open and I can direct. So I'll get the ball like in the high post and I'll just like look one way and get a kid going back to it and I'll make a nice flashy solid pass. That's what I like to do. That's they, good. they get impressed by that. So that's good. I want to show them unselfishness because if I just get it and try to score it, what's that going to, that's not going to help. They're going to try to do the same thing. I don't want that. True. I want them to be team extra self selfish unselfish masses and those like i'll go up and set a good screen and roll just to get them an idea because anyone can try to score every time right not gonna make our team better. right and you're for the team to be better that makes sense you're doing the back doors and stuff because the players that can do that and score the players who progress yeah and i'll and i'll call like i'll get the ball at the top and i'll be like pointing kind of like lebron does and i'll point and tell guys to go here and there just to show them also this is how you need to communicate on the court right you got to use your body language. You've got to use your um, your verbal skills. Is your team good? We'll, we'll find out the true test this weekend. Um, Is it, wait, wait, wait. So, where are you in the season? We we just we've had three practices. Wow. We have our fourth Friday and our kickoff tournaments this weekend. This is the a, it's a big one out in Brockton. This is the travel out in Brockton. Oh, it is. It's, 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 it's at the college. What, when? It's at Tunnel. It's Saturday morning, ten ten. Oh, Saturday morning, and then twelve thirty, and then Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Sunday at like nine forty, and then if we win, we get into the playoffs. Oh, I'll come to your game at nine forty. Playoffs. Hundred percent. Is that Brockport? Yeah, it's yeah. Brockport. I'll be there. Nine forty. Yeah, that's awesome. I see how you're like a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, see, see uh, what's going on. So you think you got a good squad this year, better than last year? Last year we were about four and five. We won four or five games out of uh, eighteen or nineteen. So we were like four and fourteen. Not great. First year, there's a building here. First year we scraped off two wins in right. seventeen. Okay, so we're building. You got a smaller school though, right? It's well, it's not. It, so how many players from all school? It's not oh, this from is school. AAU. This okay. is from all over. Right. I was kind of hand-fed my team the first year, 
I made a couple changes last year, and now that I'm Webster and see some other talent around the area, I'm kind of handpicking my roster. So this third year of the season where, knock on wood, I think we can win nine or ten games. Nice. I think we can win one or two tournaments. This is like... I got to be confident too. This, oh, you have to. This is like perfect for you because this is fun. You're, you're one of those guys that used to probably play like Madden and have like a franchise team or something. Did you oh my used gosh, to do that? I know. So that's, I'm, oh, every yeah. year it was an offline yeah. Madden NBA franchise baseball. So this is you. You're now the GM of your own team of these 14, 15, 16 year olds and pick it out there, try and make things happen in the real life. It is awesome. I, I enjoy this cool. a little more than the school team because I get to even, I custom design the uniforms, right? I get, I, I control. Oh, do you have a picture of them? I do. Let me see this picture. Oh, we're going to take a, I'm going to do a quick break here to talk about our sponsors. So today we're sponsored by soulprints.com. If you need postcards, business cards, anything that's flat and lays on a table that you can print, you probably sell it at soulprints.com. Great quality, great price, check out soulprints.com. Our next sponsor is stopsugarmonsters.com. It's a book for kids. It's entertaining and it's helpful for parents teaches kids to be scared of sugar monsters which come from junk food so go to stopsugarmonsters.com and uh, get yourself a book and finally sponsored by jockcreates.com if you want to see somebody's uh, life's work and all the different things they're trying to do go to jockcreates.com okay we're back looking at the jerseys here so you can't see them, but it's North Carolina light blue. Yeah. So and technically, it's it's. I thought it was Carolina blue. They call it Columbia blue. It's just a hue below, but it's as close as blue. Uh, so we call it Carolina. Everyone calls it Carolina, but it's technically Columbia. And you can't really um, tell from the the image. But it's a fade out. They're printed, but these are all little individual diamond-like shapes. Oh, with various. Um, like black and, and white in there. Cool. So inside the letters, there's a little design. Yeah, there's a cool design. It's hard to tell from here, but it does. It looks ah, I like it. I'll see it on Sunday. And then we've got um, the shorts. And we pay homage to the Rochester Royals, who won the NBA championship in 1951. Nice. Uh, it's the NBA? In the NBA. And then they. Rochester had a team in the NBA. They are now the Sacramento Kings. Oh. Well, they moved. So they're moved. They right. went to the right coast. They moved to like the 50s. Right, they went to the right coast for sure. So, I mean, most of our generation, obviously, was, you know, we're not born. Now we've got the Razor Sharks. Josh's Razor Sharks. I had a great time in one of their games before. Yeah, with like 600 other people, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's not many. I don't know if there were 600, but I knew that I was close and those guys were bigger than me. But there are so that was fun to watch. There's some big guys. Yeah, I didn't mind at all. No, it's, it's pretty cool. It's not obviously the best basketball, but there's It's better than I could play. Yeah. If someone's better than me, I figured hats off. In the smallest guy, out there is like oh you're like oh he's small and you get up close and he's like six four. Well, so, so if we need to put a percentage on your skill as a basketball player, hundred being LeBron or Mike, whoever you want to argue is better, and zero being the worst player on your senior girls team. Yeah. <laughs> where, where, do you, where do you land on that one? Like current level or like when I was able to play? Let's, do current, let's do current level. Let's do current level. Current's pretty low. I've got a I've got a, uh, a chronic hit. Injuries that really prevents me. All right, that sucks. Okay, okay. pre pre prehab, prehab issue because that doesn't 
Injuries don't count. We have some, yeah, so like mid to late twenties, which I think was like probably like maybe my best years. Maybe uh, I would say uh, seventy-eight to eighty. Pretty good. Seventy-eight to eighty. It's pretty good. But I'm thinking on a spectrum of like well, that's a big spectrum. Twenty-three to hundred. Yeah, I was, I was thinking like Samantha's a zero. Yeah, or, yes. So or like weird. average Joe off the street who's never played with jumps on a court is going to be like a fifteen or twenty. Right. We have like some okay players. Who are that's like, true. That's what I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, if you put the segment of the people that don't even play at all, then you're definitely. If you just include like basketball players, would be way lower. Right. Then you have to consider all the NBA, college, right? Good high school. Players. That's true. That's true. No, how you did it first is right. Eighty okay. percent. The general population. Yeah, eighty percent is fair. What about, what about you? In your peak. My peak. I could have been a lot better. The truth is, I never really liked basketball that much. Really? Did, did you find yourself liking it more after high school? No, no. You um, you you brought up that you thought you know sometimes the girls team the parents are like, hey, play basketball. So uh, my dad was into you know he had us being little athletes when we were younger. We were doing like all right, going to the park doing pull ups. He's playing tennis with us. He's playing basketball with us. So we we're just athletic naturally, and uh, we moved a lot. And then we landed here in sixth grade, Fairport, and. With school, you know, sports are like everything. If you're good at a sport, you don't have to worry about anything. Right. You don't have to worry about being bullied. You don't have to worry about finding your spot, finding a group of friends, nothing. So I just rode that basketball wave all the way through high school. I don't know if I really had a passion for it. I never really put in extra effort to train or to be like extra good. I just basically went off talent, like natural talent, and just, you know, defense always like lockdown deep because with defense, I'm a little anxious as a person. So offense and anxiety don't match yeah. up. You miss a lot of layups, you miss a lot of shots. And so defense, I always knew I could tighten it down. And you anticipate. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's and you can bump, you can hit, yeah. kind of like, it's almost like psychological when you're playing defense on somebody. Because if you want to bump them a little bit, not foul them, but just give them a little bump here and there, yeah. you know, stop them here, fake here, you could throw someone off their game. So my, my thing was always like, here comes the guy I'm guarding. What can I do just to take him out of the zone? Just completely take him out of the zone. Not necessarily with just like good defense, like I'm gonna stand up straight and put my hand up. No, it was like psychological these kids. Like, okay, I'll maybe say a little something to them, bump them. I just wanna get in their head so they feel like they're not good. So that was always fun for me, but basketball just wasn't my thing. I don't think I knew what it was, but I was, you know, it's decent at so I did it and it for school. Made, right. made for friends, made for something to talk about, something for people to say about you. Um, so that was always a nice fit as far as school goes, because some kids don't have that. Right. And you probably see that, right? Then something I want to get into with you with so many uh, experiences with different children is, is clicks. And why do clicks develop? How do they develop? Is, why is there always like somebody that seems to be the meanest one? And why do they pick on other kids? And you, I mean, I'm sure you don't have the answers to these things, but you have more experience seeing it. So I'm thinking about my kids and what they're going to do when they're in school, if they're getting bullied or picked on or clicks and social media and all this stuff. So what do you see going on at school as a fifth grade teacher? Yeah, there are, it, it's such a conundrum now. And it's just, the, I, I, it actually makes me very nervous for my, until I had kids, I didn't really think about it. Right, me neither. But now the social media, and I have seen 
almost in um, progress, not progressive, in advanced development of kids and like the issues and the bullying and being mean and all the other problems that go on with high school and like late middle school, it's almost like occurring earlier. So oh I, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of this stuff in fifth grade. You're getting access earlier. Yes, yeah, like access earlier. Um and the kids are losing they don't understand that what they're typing. Because to them they were born into this digital realm of notifications and every app likes there's communication. Yes, yeah, all like instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And their communication through typing and quick videos and that kind of medium, it almost takes away from the face-to-face, like they may not do it and say that face-to-face with someone, but they have no problem doing it typing. But they it's don't easier. It's yes. easier to do typing. Yes. yes. You can be fearless easier. behind your phone or your keyboard. Almost fearless. But with kids, they've grown up their whole life like that. This generation under 18 years old. So it's almost like, but parents will say that. Like, oh, it's so easy to hide behind. But they, I don't think a lot of the kids are high, right. hiding. Right. It's, because it's, it's not just, different from It's just a form of the communication. Right. But for adults, it is, and it's almost becoming second nature to adults now with all of the social media. That's an interesting point. And it, it makes a lot of sense that kids are growing up with the devices. So to them, when they text somebody on the phone or whatever, do something on Facebook, it's just normal. How do you do normal conversation where like me thinking about it recently, I've been doing things on like Facebook or whatever after seven years, never anything. And what I've realized is addictive. Um, but what I've also realized that, you know, when I reach out to somebody, I'm just kind of like saying, Hey, how's it going? You know, I happen to be thinking about you. So I, you know, put something on for you, but it's a way for me to kind of stay in touch without actually staying in touch. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a really weird, it's a really weird thing. Uh, I think parents who aren't on social media need to at least try it so they can understand what their kids are going through. Cause I'm understanding this is, this is serious. Like I, if you post something and you're like, look at your phone, is someone liking it? Is someone liking it? I'm not doing that, but I can see how kids are doing that because I'm an adult. I'm going to post something and I do it for me. I post it on because, you know, or, or I do it for someone else. Like, Oh, I was thinking about this person. So maybe they'll get a kick out of it. I'm doing it for two people or three or whatever. Other people like it. Great. But, I feel like the kids are going to be, you know, they get deeper into that wormhole and it, it, they hold a lot more value to how many likes they get. If they aren't getting likes, it could ruin their day. And it, it, it can affect me, but I'm old enough to know I don't care. Yeah. The kids are not. So I think that's the issue. Where do we, how do we tell kids or teach kids that what's going on online? Is, is not a real thing. It's like, it is real, but if someone says something bad about you or you don't get likes on a post, you cannot let that tear you down. But the reality is, it, it is going to be, and it may be two years, five years, eight years, it, it is going to be connection with the world around you and your peers is always, and it's just gonna keep getting more intense, it's going to be right there. And like, we're almost to the point eventually where 
you're going to be like live, you're going to be on film or being like recorded and watched whatever you do. Yeah, but people may or may not watch that. So if, if they're not watching, then who cares anyways? True. But because of the social media, because of the advanced technology, it's almost like just, it's going to be, it's almost an extension of your body. Like the phone now and all of the power that it has and all the connection, it's like, if you don't have your phone on you, it's like you're missing um, an arm or, or something. I, I don't know. It's becoming an extension of your body. Right. I never cared about my phone at all until I started posting things. It's a computer chip. And now I'm like, now I'm like, oh, let, let me look. It's someone, let me see if someone like liked it. Oh, cool. That person liked it. That's cool. It, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, running through my mind. Um, but for kids without the, the mental capability of understanding, I don't know what the understanding is there, but uh, w without them understanding that it's, it's a media where a medium where people can say anything they want behind a phone and that you cannot take it to heart. I'm more talking about the negative side of it right now, because like if you're a kid, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, senior, whatever, and kids start attacking you online. Yes. I what do you tell your What do you tell your kids? How do you How do you get your kid ready for that? Because any one of our kids can do that, or, or have to handle a situation like that. So, in in school districts across New York State, and I'm sure it's enacted in, in, in all the other 49 states, or at least most of them. Um, there's DASA training. There's awareness that they provide to all the teachers. They speak to the kids about it. So what are some and of the bullets? It's cyber, so it's, it's the big point is anything you post, okay, whether it gets deleted or you think it's gone, it's, it's a digital footprint. It is there forever. Oh, right. If you post something about Sally and you are being obnoxious about her, you say something mean that can be screenshotted. Once it's screenshotted once, that could umbrella it down to 50 people, 100 people, right? And let's say there's no in, there's no short-term effect, and a couple of years down the line, um, let's say you're 16 and you're applying for a job or you're applying for college, and you have something from a few years, even when you're 10 years old, and there's some derogatory terms posted right. sailing, and that comes up. Lose your scholarship. Somewhere. You lose your lose job. It. it happens all the time. Right. But so you're saying from the point of view of you tell the bulliers that, hey, don't post mean things because that's going to come up later. It will. But I'm saying the person, the kid is getting bullied. You know, if you're if you're one kid and you're tiny and you wear glasses and maybe you like don't wash your hair that much or whatever. Just glasses things going out because everyone's got glasses. Glasses are okay. Well, maybe glasses are glasses and beards. Except yeah. the parents have trouble. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the beards and glasses are in. Right. So at least we got that. So if your kid is getting picked on though, and and it's a it's it's a pile on, and yeah. everybody's saying. You know, little Johnny, he's smelly and he's got bad hair. It, it, what do you tell that kid? What do, what do they train you to tell the kid that's taking the abuse? Well, the, the number one thing is to find a, a trusted adult, a teacher, um, a counselor, a coach, parents. But just like if there were no, like, so that's the first step. The first step is to, to find an adult. The problem with that is that usually those kids' self-esteem and ability to be able to like filter that and be courageous enough to tell someone 
that can occur. And then that kid is just keeping it inside. And then if the attacks will come again. So that's the issue is being able to teach kids to take that self-advocacy. Have you thought Some about what you're going to tell your kid? I, so I think by being as open with our kids, my kids, and um, for other parents too, the more open you are, the more experiences you give them, the more types of people you surround them with, I, I think that's the first step. So like so building like, strong self-worth type thing. Yes, and like identifying strengths and weaknesses in people and that people are all different. And I think by them seeing the way we treat people and if we see something come up to be able to speak about it and let someone know that it's affecting you and explaining your feelings that if someone's attacking you, that my children hopefully will stick up for themselves, right? Right. First and foremost, and then be able to come communicate with us. And then that may not solve it, but for them to identify it right away and say, all right, this isn't right. Or to be able to say back to that kid, this isn't okay. Like I'm a human, you're a human. You don't need to treat me like that. And of course the kid can continue to bully him or her, but then being able to talk to parents and being out there with it, not letting it sink inside. Have you directly spoke to your son in terms that maybe they could understand to say kind of like not cyberbullying, obviously, because that's right. a little too, but just mean kids at school or mean kids at the daycare. Have you, how would have you told them as far as like, how do you handle it if someone says, Hey, those shoes are ugly and your face is ugly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you, have you, have you told him, Hey, if something like that happens, here's, here's your response. Yeah. I actually, so I told Finley that when I was younger, there were definitely some years where I would get bullied and picked on and I kind of always just held it inside. But as I got a little older, my strategy and tactic was to become friends with all different types of people and to be able to almost like if people were saying that stuff, I would just make a joke about it. Right. And humor. Said, yes. The humor. That's it. That's it. The humor part. So I think that helped me and I think it helped me become more outgoing, helped me like... What ages were you being bullied? Um, let's I would say probably so like it was during that socially awkward phase of like seven yeah like seven through like 13 years old yeah seven through probably like ninth ten do you remember what the bullies were saying they pinpointed one thing what it was you know that's a that's I don't remember. I don't even know. It it was almost there were. Here here's what I would say. It wasn't constant bullying. There were like maybe a few older guys who would do it, but then it was just not. I didn't have as many friends in those grades, and I was very shy. So I think it was just me trying to find myself as a person, right? And it made me feel like less like more inferior and not being able to like i'm like well, how come it was all about like popularity right so, yeah, yeah. Popular. so this was more of a for you you're saying it was more of like a in, in like an inner struggle yeah where you're just finding because i think everybody goes through that where like at some point in their 
high school or middle school career, they don't feel like this guy because this guy gets that or this girl because that girl gets that. Oh, look at this group. They all seem like they're so happy. I mean, chances are they're feeling the same way as you. But do you remember a person specifically, you know, say their name, yeah. that was kind of a, an a-hole to you? Yeah, I do. Well, actually, maybe. So it started a little, I was probably, now. so the one neighbor I had, he, um, yeah, he was doing it for quite a few years. And it, I was probably in fourth grade when it started. He was what? Grade. How big was he? He was a year or two older. But so I same school. Yeah. 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 Um and he was a neighbor and I remember it was just a lot of like um it, there was some physical stuff too with like um you know, some fights and things like that. But a lot of it was just like teasing me about whatever it was, like right. my shoes, my clothes, I was like, clothes were a big thing. Do you remember your parents talking to your parents about that? Uh no, not until he came after me with a, a wiffle bat and I tried to outrun him. And uh, he eventually, um, no, so here, no, here's what it was. He was picking on me so bad, he didn't come after me at the wiffle bat. I went back after him. Good. I had had enough. Good. And I actually chipped his tooth, and his parents came over and were upset. But my parents were like, he's been bullying right. my son for this long time. So I remember that being a deal. Your dad finally uh, slapped you up. That nice was job. Yeah. They, they were, yeah, but they, they said I couldn't handle it. Um, well, you don't go hit better with that. Yeah. But, but, but I, what I keep telling my wife, and she doesn't agree, is the, um, the only way you can battle a bully is with humor to start, or you have to be more aggressive. You have to get the upper hand one way or the other. Yes. You can't just say, oh, you know, I don't like that. Please stop and walk away. That's going to do nothing. So I've been telling my daughter that, and she's only three, so it's maybe a little early. But I've been trying to trying her um, to get her to do like a rebut that's funny to make fun of the yeah, person. That's not my wife says it's a bad idea, but I said, it's a good idea. So if someone goes to my daughter and says, hey, uh, those shoes are ugly, I'm trying to teach her to say, well, I don't care what you say, because, you know, look at your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want her to be ready with some kind of quip to come back, because once you make the bully feel uncomfortable, they're not going to bully you again. And if you could do that with humor, that's first. And, that, and I don't have any problem shining the light on someone that's bullying my kid. Right. Or any kid that's getting bullied, the bullier needs to have it back. It's like that show bully beatdown on MTV where they had hired the UFC fighters to beat oh, them. Oh, I never saw Dude, it was like five years ago, six years ago. They had, they had like, people would write in, like, oh, this guy's bullying me or whatever. <laughs> and then they would have the bully fight <laughs> mixed martial artist <laughs> he would get i mean it wasn't even it wasn't even oh, fair but the, 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 the ufc fighter for like their turn which is pommel him and, and hopefully it worked that's the only way to if i believe my opinion yeah it's, it's tough because you're as a parent i i mean i can't imagine the first time that my son or daughter from their family comes home in tears or they're crying because of this and then the pro the thing that scares me is that now and in the future with our kids, probably anything um, that they're bullied with, you're going to see because it's usually, if it's oh, yeah, online, online, you're going to see the hard evidence, which, which could be good. But also, good. you see the reality of what they're saying. Right. That makes it work. It's recorded. Like back in the day when we were kids, it was word of mouth, right? Yeah. And 
you know, your circle of friends got together, someone's making fun of someone else, but it wasn't recorded, it wasn't there. And if as parents at that time, they heard that you were getting involved, but they don't know, they didn't see that evidence usually, or they didn't see the words. Now it's gonna be all like digital. And it's just gonna be hard for me to think, you're gonna wanna go and find that kid or find the person who like, you wanna face him. Yeah. It's gonna be tough because I don't know. I just, I mean, God willing, our kids don't get bullied, but, I, I know every single night now, I read a thing to my daughter that I wrote telling her that she's strong and she's important and that if anyone tells her otherwise, they're not as strong as her and that's why they're saying it. So I'm going to keep telling her every night and hopefully, yeah, hopefully the, the dark bond is, is something she can um, pull from in the situations. And there's, but I don't know if it's working on but You can't control what all the peers are going to do to that, like in terms of how they're going to treat our kids. You can't control who they're, well, you can to an extent, but when they're in school and going, growing up, you're not going to be able to control what people say and do to them. You can control how they react and how, how they process information, how they process. Right. You know the the feeling or the the um, negative reactions. But, that. but that's a good word, process, because that's what as parents, that's probably our primary uh, responsibility is to tell the kid or give them tools, explain what you know processing something is, give them the tools to process it and then conquer it, because. I don't think my parents ever talked to me about bullying or talked to me about anything like that. And uh, I was just going through life, just I feel like I was going through life just figuring stuff out. Now my parents would probably tell you that I never listened. So, you know, maybe they stopped giving me advice. But um, I just remember figuring, so I'm still just going through like figuring stuff out. I'm sure like everyone else, but I want to make sure when I'm with my kids, I'm doing at least as much as I can think to do to make sure that they're um, equipped mentally to handle any situation. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line. And I, it just feels scarier now. Do you remember your parents talking to you when you were younger? Like when I go through experiences now that I'm an adult, now uh, a father, like things flash back in my mind about them telling me or just like the experience of seeing them. But I don't remember. I feel like my mom did quite a bit. My dad didn't talk to me much about that stuff. We didn't, we didn't, he didn't, he never got too deep. Our generation my dads mom. didn't tell us anything. No, no, nothing. Right. They just went to work, paid. We're responsible, handled the business, but when it came to any type of like emotional tools or situational uh, things that might pop up in a kid's life, it was nothing. Yeah, right. It was it was my mom. Yeah, it was not my dad with that kind of stuff. You know, my dad is like. Like, let's go do sports. Let's go. I'll play these games with you. Um, I'll come do games. And uh, I'll make sure you're in a house and you're not closing. Yeah. And I respect, I respect, I always will respect him for that 100%. And that's something to be said about raising kids in an environment where they have everything they need. Right. So, I mean, but as far as like what I'm going to do with my kids, it's going to be fairly different, I think. Yeah. I'm already I, starting. Yeah. I mean, I see some of the, the same, uh, I see some of the things I actually, more of what I do, like, and how I, 
don't know, approach things. I see it coming from my parents, like one of my mom or dad. But the child raising, the parent rearing, I think is a lot. Was your mom a stay-at-home mom, mom or did she work? She was, yeah, she was basically stay-at-home mom. Right, mine was. She had some odd jobs. I mean, in that regard, pops can't do much working 95, 40 hours or whatever, traveling to my dad, traveled a lot, yeah. out of town doing stuff or whatever. My dad was home a lot because he was a teacher. Um, but oh, he was still gone uh, during the but so he should have stepped it up during so summers. Yes, no, summers he did, but it, it was always, but it wasn't emotional. It was playing games and sports and going to ball games, which is good though. I mean, that's and going to amusement parks and things like that. But like when it came to advice about emotional things and like development, it was from my mom. I think we're progressing as parents, you yeah, know, from generation so. to generation. Um, as we go down, we're going to be so much more involved. Maybe like we're all kind of mushing together and all this stuff about gender roles and stuff. It is all mixing up now. There were definitely gender roles decades ago. There's still gender roles, but they're definitely getting meshed, uh, you know, potted together, stewed up together. And we're examples. All right, we're going to take a quick pause here because uh, we're reaching our maximum limit. And we'll come back back. Okay. Wait, this is gonna stop in nine seconds. So it might just stop. Let's see what happens. Yeah, uh, four, three, two, one. Okay, we're back. Uh, part two, Dave Gross. I'm trying to get him to stay out late tonight. Uh, he's gotta get home and help with the, the kids. Um, sounds like you he's hear on, that, Amanda? See, sounds like he's on the uh, retractable leash. She's, she's got an alarm that goes off my phone and she needs to be home. I get 10 minutes to make it home or, you know, I told him to text her. Let's get this going along. But I had, <laughs> wait, what were we talking about when we closed out? Uh, oh, parents. Oh, dad. Oh, yes, yes dad. I had a question. I got a great, can I? Go ahead. Yeah, because I'll forget. Yeah, I'll forget too. But go so, on. during, we had a quick break and, and I ran over to the restroom, walk in. Beautiful, it's a nice facility here. Okay, it's been around a bit. Fairport Library. But it brought me Thank you. to an observation. It's the debt, the changing table is now, it's in almost every men's room. Mm -hmm. and, and not that I've been in women's rooms, but of course, they were used to If it's in the men's room, room. Right. right. But now it's that equality. And like the other day, I was in a, in a restroom and there was a dad changing kids. There was another dad coming in. You didn't see that when you were kids. They always wanted them out. No, I don't know if my dad changed right. a diaper in five kids. <laughs> I'm not sure. He must. Do you know what a diaper looks like? He must. Like, but he may have changed more diapers as a grandparent than he did as an actual parent. It's interesting. I don't yeah, know. It's sure. Nowadays, my goodness. I, you know that. The ratio of me changing diapers, I mean, I... Uh, when I'm home, I probably change... It's, it's my half. When I'm home. Obviously, when we're not home, we can't change diapers. Right, of course. But I mean, I, I would probably say. Yeah, but our dads weren't run into the changing table. We're as close to 50 50, but back then it was you know, 90 10 or if not 100. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was uh, definitely a, a larger uh, disproportion. Um, okay, this was a question I had for you. Oh, so you, you were a child once, two yeah. parents. Yeah. Do you, what do you remember from your parents? Uh, that they do or do you remember anything that they like told you on a regular basis like something that they really wanted you to know like school's important you gotta study or you gotta you gotta make sure that you you're comfortable with yourself or whatever it could be do you remember any any wisdom that they tried to instill on you like the yeah. whole time growing up uh number one thing that would stick out would be 
uh, manners, showing good manners wherever, especially at respect. Respect and using the please and thank you. And, and to this day, I am, I almost say thank you and please, but too much. Right. People might get annoyed because it's like, why is it? So the manners, then that definitely helped forth. And I try to instill that in my kids. And then secondly, it would probably be the importance of, of education, like establishing a routine for homework. Did they like at, at an early age, do you remember them um, talking to you about, you know, when you get older, you, you know, you're going to have to decide something you want to do. Uh, do you remember them kind of bringing that up and talking you through, you know, what you could do when you're older or what you like to do, what your interests are? Yeah, and after you know, after I got through the phase and the reality that I wasn't going to become an NBA um, All Star, uh, when did that make millions of dollars? <laughs> that probably went well, until okay. I was probably seven, probably six, seventh grade when you started like realizing, okay, you know, oh, okay, that's true. But through yeah, early childhood, you, I remember literally thinking and envisioning that it could happen. And they always say, you know, don't ever give up on your dreams. Right. Something like that is such a... Basketball is tough. You got to be tall. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, there's a minute. It's like a, a tenth of a one percent of any... Right. So it's crazy. Um, uh, where were we on the question again? Sorry. You're like... So you know, you're here. I believe you were reading her... Uh, her uh, Dr. Phil... through the window. Yeah. She could have turned her body the other way. Maybe take a picture. Yeah. I think she's coming back for more. No. The question was... If your parents, if you remember, and um, I don't remember much of my childhood, but if you remember your parents kind of bringing up the future and options and, and, you know, asking you, what do you like to do? What do you think you want to do? You know, do you remember any of those type of things or, or a general yeah. Yeah. conversations about that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I, I don't, I think they were realists too. So, so they're like, he's not going to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. But like, I, I don't think it was as open. It, it seemed like um, they were pretty realistic about, like, I, I don't think they were ever like, let your, spread your wings and let it fly. And, and but I think I, it's hard to remember. I know. But I don't know much like a childhood. I'm trying to think. But it's I, funny because I, I, my first podcast was with uh, my buddy's dad. Uh, Keith Skank, Keith Edward Skank, and I swear, like, I can't remember everything about childhood. Really? He was like, yeah, when we were younger, we had dinners, and like, we would say this, and we'd do this. Oh, and my buddy, he always came over to eat at our house, even though he wasn't a kid, but he felt like one of our kids, or one of my siblings, and like, I was like, oh my gosh, how do you remember all this stuff from your childhood? My childhood's like one big, like, flat plane, and I can't really focus on anything. Yeah, I can't recall, like, <laughs> things pop up, but I don't remember a lot of... One big thing he talked about was dinners, like six o'clock dinners, everyone's eating together. Yes. And do you remember that as a kid? Did that happen? Yes. yes. That was very consistent. Right. I, how many siblings do you have? I have a younger sister. So you man, I'm four years apart. Okay. So you're running not the same age difference, but you're running the but same the kids. Two, yeah. The father of two. So. Yeah. But it was, yeah, the dinners were pretty consistent. Um, and I do remember they like to ask a lot of questions. At That's good. But I didn't always like reciprocate. Well, of course not too much. You don't want to talk about like how school. I just remember like the one typical one word answer. My three-year-old doesn't tell me anything about school. Yeah. It's like when I ask her, she's like, she doesn't want to talk about it. So how do you get your kid to open up? But then later he will just randomly start to tell me when the least expected time. Charlie from class did this and we did right. this. It's not, but they don't, because it's like when you ask them, about it school is just 
And I think there is a lot of room for reform in school. Like, I don't know. And I'm a teacher, but um, I, it's especially when kids get older, it becomes like their job. And I don't think it necessarily should be that way. Because oh. kids, kids love school mostly through like fifth grade. And once they get to middle school and high school, they don't love the learning aspect. Like, and when I say they, I mean the general population of kids. Well, you're in the sweet spot. Do you know what I mean? Fifth grade, I feel like. Yeah, kids, for the most part, kids love Because school. it's kind of still about entertaining kids as well as teaching kids. It's entertainment. It's, your, it's giving them um, life skills and, like, study skills and teaching them manners and how to socialize and work in groups. Right. It's not as much about the curriculum. I mean, and then in high school, it's like, learn all this stuff we want to tell you. But there's no subject about, there should be a subject in school that the whole point is to figure out things you like to do. That's I thought it. you were going to say how to get prepared for keg stands in college. <laughs> but I, I may not pass. Yeah, no, that would not. I, I uh, should create an alternate school. Well, not for the keg stands. No, not for that, but for other... For well, like, we'd have uh, to talk to Ronnie Lawton. He's a, he's a Montessori school uh, yes. master degree. No. So create... Yes. So that's creativity all creativity and inquiry and like hands-on. But that's just hands-on, but like... like teaching people and i'm not great i'm not a great handyman mm-hmm. but like handyman skills oh like yeah fixing around the house you can make good money Caught, like if you want a whole yes no, I, if i would have uh, i i fell in the rat trap like uh, everyone else probably i went to school i went to high school whatever didn't like school but i'm you know like everyone else airports middle class type area everyone was college so i just went to college and waste i didn't use anything that i went to college for now i've got student loans and it didn't do anything for me. If I would have went out of high school and then gone to like be a plumber, electrician, or a framer, I'm sure I would have owned like a hundred houses by now. Right. I would have been flipping houses, like trade, what are doing other yeah, yeah, trades, yeah. 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 craftsman trades. Um, but they don't have that option. And you actually feel like a loser in high school. They make you feel like a loser if you're not going to college. Yes. Which makes no sense. Because a lot of people now can't afford houses because they went to college exactly. and their loan is a mortgage payment. So that's a bad idea. Um, don't know what we could do about it, but but also there is obviously a need for reform for colleges and universities because they are just a money making machine. And like yeah. the inflation, as the inflation goes up, like they're five to ten times higher than the inflation rate. So. It, because they're all all the heads of these universities and all the upper admins are making just so much money. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going to tell my kids so it's, what, find something you like to do. Yeah, yeah that's it. I don't care well, if you go to college. Find something you like to do. Twenty years from now, because of the technological advances, we can still forecast. Industries find like something you like to do. Yes. yes. My other my backup options. I to tie along sports. I loved the um, idea of announcing sports and I used to like mute the TV and pretend I was a sports announcer. And I think I would step out. If like See, I had a second job opportunity, I would love to do yeah, that. Yeah, you could still do that. I would love to do that. And there's no reason you couldn't do that. But, well, being a father of two young kids, and if I was actually going to be a successful announcer, right, that's traveling all over the country. And, and I, I actually don't know if I would do that. Right, at this point. Even if the money was right. At this point, it changes. 500, whatever it is. Like, but if I learned that, I would do it. Yeah, maybe I could. Yeah, for a bring bring the kids with you, whatever. Come on, let's go announce and show them the ropes. Maybe they want to be an announcer. Who knows? Yeah, right. um, now, 
Well, you're changing pace a little bit here. I, I wanted to ask you about uh, being a father too yeah. and, and having a, a fiance slash wife, common law, marriage. Um, you mean, you mean, you mean, you I think it's a common law marriage, what is it? Uh, uh, so, can I call her a common law? C L M. Probably not, well. Another thing, what's up with the moms? All of a sudden they have a kid, and all of a sudden they, they've got to go, they're, they're tired. <laughs> Eventually. So, this is, <laughs> I don't know where this is going. They're tired. They, but I like it. They're going to bed early. It's oh. a shift. For most yeah, friends yeah. I know, the moms, the wives, are they're in bed like by nine months. The kids are exhausting. They are. Oh my gosh. I freaked out last night. And I probably shouldn't have. Uh, but my wife went when she decided to take this Tuesday business loan class from 630 to prime time. It's 30 minutes away. So I had to do the night routine on myself, which she does. She does the most, a lot of times when I'm working late at the building, yeah. but she's got a routine. I never do it. So I'm putting, I put so little guy down, I put Johnson down. He goes to bed pretty easy, cries, goes, it's crazy. And then Effie's in the shower and she's telling me one thing and, and I'm just trying to get through it. She's yelling and she yells so much. I yelled at her and I just wanted her to be quiet. I, I could have handled it much better. It wasn't that big of a deal. You know, I still read her books and stories and stuff, but I didn't feel great about it after it was done. But my point is that it's exhausting. Two kids, if you're home with those kids, hour after hour after hour, it's, it's exhausting. That's why these moms are so tired. That's a good point. You know, is, how often is Amanda home with the kids? Uh, well, she, she does a lot of the, she's, the primary night routine, mm -hmm. especially during the season when I'm coaching a lot. Right, right. Um, but when we're both home, it's it's split for the night routine. So we have our, and then we kind yeah. of alternate like cooking and that kind of stuff. But the night routine, which can be the most like stressful and frustrating sometimes. Natasha handles the opposite routine. Uh, so, um, so Fiona's got us wrapped around her finger, the little cutie that she is. Right. Amanda starts. And then Fiona convinces Amanda now every night, can Dada come in for just one more book? Mm. So then I come in and that one book turns to two and three. Oh. It turns into two or three songs and I can't sing. So that's okay. I, you know, I usually try my best Russian impersonation, but it goes over well for her. Or my uh, <laughs> Cooper, Shallow, I try that. And I just keep repeating. Well, why don't you put some on YouTube or yeah. Facebook? Because I'm trying to do computer karaoke. Yeah. I just want to see people sing. Yeah. Yeah. They suck at it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like people like American Idol sometimes. They just suck at it. People just like watching people put themselves out there. Yeah. Exactly. Whether they're that's good true. or not, that's they true. just want to see someone put themselves out there. Yeah, but yeah, that's why moms are so tired. Kids are tough, man. At that age, you're hands-on all the time. I got a lot of respect for my wife for handling it, even though we disagree about stuff. Um, when my, my feeling is that when she's with the kids, she handles the kids. I'm not going to tell her how to handle the kids if I'm not there. It's not her. True. So she can handle them how they want. But when there's a disagreement between you and Amanda with the kid being like, you know, say the kid wants you know, candy, a cookie or something. Yes. And then you, you've already, who's usually the no cookie or that? Uh, me. Okay. So and she's already like, yeah, you can have a cookie, but you know that he just had three cookies. Yes. So what do you do? Do you say, fine, this is the last one. Or do you go, 
No cookies. I usually do the no cookie routine. Okay. Um, I try to stay firm on that. Um, no, but I'm saying you say no cookie after she already said, okay, cookie. Oh, that, that's tough because then it's like you turn into the bad cop, good cop. So if she's already said it, I may give like my opinion, but they'll end up getting it. Right. So that's why I like, it's like the first thing said counts yeah, to the kid. That's what it should be. We try to like, a lot of times we try to like, um, like uh, mimic what we're, we're going to ask the kid before or say, because then we're like, look across and, and like um, mouth it so they don't hear it or spell it. Right. Eventually we won't be able to do that, but then they can actually understand words. So when when there's something like, hey, can I do this? Sometimes you guys will just make eye contact and get the nod, yay or not. Yes. Yeah. To be on the same yeah, and then we'll both give a straw because if we're both saying no or yes, then it's a lot more um, authoritative. Meltdown in a supermarket. How do you handle it? Major meltdown. Major meltdown. Uh, I find it. Has it happened? It's easy. You find the nearest beer aisle. Okay. And you ask the guy, listen, I know you don't do samples, but I need three samples <laughs> right now. Okay. I know there's a beer cooler. You just crack. I'll see forward at the register. Yeah. And when I get to the register, I need some of the wild berry and Skittles too, because those always go over well. And I'll come back here in two hours, make sure you clean up the mess. Isn't that the, isn't that the magic, the magic ticket? Yeah. You grab a Skittle or a any gummy, anything that's got sugar in it you got you go here take this cupcake yeah bribe them with with some sort of you know some sort of treat uh i want to meet the parent that doesn't bribe with candy right yeah who is a saint that lives on there it's someone who has done that from day one because once you do it once there's no going back that's true it's all about the routine it's a fine balance for me it's not so much i know uh, eventually a kid's got to as the kid gets older, they have to develop good eating habits. But like that early stage, they're so picky. For me, it's just like, make sure they're getting a little bit of fruit, a little bit of protein, you know, and if you want to give them a little treat, make sure it's not too close to bedtime so they're up too late. Right. It's not going to kill, you know, as long as the kid's healthy. So you try to give them as much, I try to pack as much nutrient in as I can, and sometimes it's none. Because the kid just doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I don't want to. And I mean, it's not worth the fight a lot of times. And I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing. Like, obviously, if it's something that's super important, I'm going to be strict about a no. But if it's something that gets me over the bridge for that second, but it's not really a big deal, I typically allow it. Yeah. Even if it's like against my ideals, like my exact ideal child. Like, no one has an exact ideal child that listens to everything you say. No. You know, what are your views on, and you may have been leading into this, what are your views on buying, like, so you're out at the, a store, supermarket, you're out at the music park. What are your ideals on buying toys? Oh my God. I don't buy like toys. I don't. I, I'm I, I'll buy things that are like a dollar. It's going to be a special. Anything under like $3, I don't care. You want something $3, fine, buy it. You want to go to the dollar store? Buy something for yeah. me. I'm not gonna spend 30, 40 bucks. They have so many toys for me. It's stuff. Uh, yeah, for me it's I don't do that. Even if it's cheap though, I don't like I don't like accumulating more. The quantity is getting out of control. Right. Okay. Oh, so out of control. I mean last night I tripped on a raptor, I tripped on a little hot wheels <laughs> car. The next thing I know, I'm on top of three stuffies. I keep telling my wife animals here and there and I go we can just get rid of it. Like, let's get rid of everything. Because the truth is, my kid doesn't play with a toy. No, they look at they it don't. for one day and then it's not. And I listened to something about parenting 
That said, uh, when your kids have so many choices and toys, it actually it turns them into uh, somebody who has a hard time focusing because they never focus on one thing. If a kid has a, a wooden truck, a one teddy bear, a kid has four toys, they're going to remember those toys they're going to our age. When my daughter's 35, I'm like, who's your favorite toy? She's not going to remember what no, she ever has. I can't even find some of these toys. That, and then if it goes missing, action. So, so why, can't we, why can't we change? Why do our kids have so many toys if we don't want them to? I, I, well, in, in my situation, Amanda is a, Amanda loves buying toys. She is, she will spend money on, she's a big shopper. Oh, I got so to feed them. Yeah, yeah, get that on there. Um, <laughs> he, my kids are lucky enough. They, they are definitely spoiled by aunts, grandparents. I have no issue with that. But at home, I think we need to establish, and I, I talked to Amanda about this, so this is a good forum for it. You've got to establish some some boundaries. I don't want them to think every time we're at a store, they know when they're with they're with me. They're not asking anymore. They don't ask for right, things. and they know my answer for the right. most part. But when they're with mommy and the grandparents and the aunts, they expect it. I don't want their relationship to be connected with receiving gifts because then their relationship with those people will be materialistic and like rewards of it. I want the interactions and the experiences of what you're doing to connect right. the kids with the adult. I mean, that's I agree with you completely. Effie, um, Effie has people that come over and she's, what are you bringing me? But she's only three and, and, and you know, when you're three, four, five, the whole relationship thing, like building on, you know, speech and conversation with somebody, it's not really there. So I think, Things like that are decent. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's at least a way for them to kind of put somebody in a familiar, loving spotlight. True. I don't think it'll affect them long term, but if they, if it continues when they're seven, eight, nine, ten, right, and they're still, and then it, that they turn into like a spirit right. brat type of like always expecting, right? You're not always gonna have any, everything handed to you. So I guess there's a there's a place for the argument of under that five, six years old. I guess it's not really. Which is too much stuff, though. I mean, in general, like your house is filled with stuff. My house is filled with stuff. I'm even want to look at it. Sometimes I come home and like I can't even like sit on the couch and and relax because I'm looking at this war zone of toys. And and when we speak off air, I do have an idea for you. I don't want to necessarily share it with with the whole public here. Right. Absolutely. I've got a little, it's a business venture. Oh, and it's okay. tied in with, I'm in with kids. And so we'll chat later because I don't. My wife wants to like go to the playroom. Like a, like a, a yeah. I like, said, yeah. I said, well, how are you doing that? We're opening a wedding venue in the sandwich shop, um, a, a, a the kitchen. How am I supposed to open up a, you know, a place for kids? But whatever. She can talk about it. So yeah. you, know, you and I have talked about that. I've only talked to one person about it. Boom. And his family. Business ideas. Um, yeah, so, you know, moving uh, on to, uh, wait, where did I want to go with, with with kids getting older? Oh, yeah, your kids. Do you see a path for them? Like, do you see, like, oh, okay, high school, college, doctor, high school, college, teacher, high school, college, accountant, high school, college, any job that they can get? Yeah, that, like uh, I don't. I I hope that they're there. I hope that in fifteen years, seventeen years, whatever. It's not even that many. I hope there's some changes in 
post-grad or post-high school options. So that's, and yes, I do want them to go to college and, and we will definitely help them out as much as possible financially because I think that's a nice thing to do. And for whatever. If you can. If, we, if you can, you can. Yeah. Um, uh, because I don't want to have them set up for failure with loans out of their, right. their backside. Um, but I think the world is changing so fast. I, I, who knows what things are going to look like then. But I also don't, um, I don't want to look too far in the future. Like, I don't want to think of them as like teenagers. Like, I want right. to enjoy That's true. this time. So I don't really need to plan for the future, of course. But of course, I want them to have successful paths and careers. But like right now, I'm envisioning them and seeing them as kids. I wanna, I wanna cherish like every day seeing yeah. them and like seeing them grow. It's just kind of I don't like thinking too far in the future. Right, right. That's a good way of putting it. Do you know what I mean? like, yeah, I'm, I mean, so like right now with my kids, I don't really. You're right. I don't think about what they're gonna do when they're old. Um, but I think about when they are like starting school so what, how i can prepare them to be around other kids how i can prepare them for this social media craziness that they're gonna be part of no matter what how can i prepare them i'm all about like i want my kids to be prepared you won't be able to i know with social media you won't they're always these kids and i've just from experience in the last 12 years of educating nine to 11 year olds and then middle school high school kids mm -hmm. They always are ahead. They're ahead of us. They always have well, the newest, always latest, new greatest. latest, greatest. But they're yeah, they're 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 being they're born into a digital society, much more so than when the digital age came when we were teenagers. They're I don't know how to explain it, but they have this like innate sense and just like knowledge of technology and communication through devices and apps right so that even if we want to train them to like be cautious on facebook or snapchat or whatever there's just going to be something new and it's just going to keep like evolving so you, it's hard well the concept of getting them prepared for negativity on the computer can be a, a general hopefully a general thing you can try to but here's what you guys understand too it's the way they're growing up it's not like it's a separate thing it's i don't so i think well i guess freak out on i guess just negativity but the negativity is a whole then whether so, yeah, it's, it's online whether it's in person i just want them to be prepared and, and i'm sure every parent does i just don't want my kids to feel bad i don't want anyone yeah, to how do, kids how feel bad. so there's so much education and like presentations about anti-bullying but Kids still bullying them. There's still bullying. There's the increasing rate of like suicide amongst kids, and especially girls, scary. young girls. Yeah. So like, what? No matter how you educate these kids, they're still going through that developmental phase where they don't understand how their actions affect others. I think I'm gonna. So how do you? Do you know what I'm saying? I think I'm gonna start a phantom account and start yeah. bullying my own kid online to like to, to get to a prepare. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 I'm not no, going to do that. No, no. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I mean, that's the type of, that's the way I think. Yeah. Got to be prepared. We are going to start doing um, role-playing, I think, though. Role um, I mean, I'm sorry, role-playing. Even like puppets, we're going to start doing hand puppets, too. There's a lot of things you can do with hand puppets. 
Yeah, um, I just think it's important to, to get a, get ahead of it if you can, or try to get ahead. Of it. You might not be able to, but you try your best. Most parents. Yeah, you wonder how much it will help when they're three, four, five, six, and then because like consistency. You don't think bullying until they're older, but like it can happen when a kid. I mean, it can well, be years old, it can happen. Yeah, yeah, just from a kid continuing to take their toy or whatever. Yeah, you feel excluded. If other kids. Yeah, are anything. Turn, turning your back to 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 the kids around you. So like I, I don't know. It's and you're not always going to be right there with your kids when they're experiencing this thing. Right. So. Open line communication, I think, is key. Um, so, it, what I think is important recently uh, with just living life and thinking, you know, I'm in this. I'm by myself all the time. I'm working on this building constantly for the last year. It's been a year. I've been working on this building by myself uh, for the most part, and I just think about what I want in the future. Yeah, when this building's done, if it works and, and you know, I don't have to worry about finishing it and I get like into a different space, like what's my goal? You know, let's say everything works out and I'm like, okay, we're booking weddings or selling sandwiches, whatever, that's great. But what is the next move? And and for me, I want to figure out a way to spend more time with people, spend uh, spend more time laughing with people. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to laugh a lot more just listening to anything, I just try to laugh. If it's even slightly funny, I'll try to laugh. Yeah. Do you remember the last time that you got a good belly laughing? Hmm. I know what Radio, family, friends. Like watching my kids do like dance parties. I just die laughing because they're so fun. Just the moves that family comes up with. So I laugh like in my kids' performances because they're hilarious, I think. That's awesome. Um, and then like a good hard laugh from like entertainment, maybe like a comedian, this guy Pete Holmes that I watched. Oh, but my, it brother, wasn't my brother recommended Pete Holmes. Yeah, he's, he's funny. He said he was funny. Because he's just like a, a guy next door, but he's like super, super witty. and Right. He's fun. It's all, it's like everyday experiences and he turns them into really funny storytelling. Oh, scenarios. yeah. I like those comedians the best. And he's a recent father of maybe one or two kids too. Is he? So it's all stuff relative to us yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My kids make me laugh all the time. Jobs on the other day. I, uh, I've been making steak a lot and I'll cut slices for them before even at teeth. I'd let them just, I'd hold a piece of steak and I just let them suck those juices out and he loves it. He'd go crazy for it. And then recently, since he got teeth, it was so funny. Um, I did the same thing, only he wouldn't let me take it out of his mouth. So he bit down with his four teeth, two on top and two in the bottom. And then he made this like prune face because he was like trying to pull his head back. It was pretty good. And I tried to get on video a second later, but it's never the same. No, not the it same. wasn't. He kind of so did. Did he actually eat any of it? No, he just sucks the juice. So he's still, okay. He sucks all that steak juice out. And then sometimes I'll cut off a piece of like really melt your mouth gristle yeah i'll just let him chew on that it yeah. just melts in his mouth he oh, likes it awesome. so he, like, he loves the flavor he likes steak yeah my daughter likes steak too but you tell her your steak makes her strong so yeah with the protein like yeah but my kids my family will not touch almost anything that we eat and make but fiona will come disregard her food we made and come up sit on my lap and eat some of the stuff that i am eating i asked her i asked fb the other day why don't you want to try this? You don't even know what it tastes like. That is crazy. Why don't what you want to try this, Effie? And it's the same foods. And she's like, well, through history. Like, well, I, uh, uh, I just, I don't want it in my belly right now. I said, that's not an answer. Why don't you want to eat it? You don't even know what it tastes like. 
She didn't know the answer. That's a good point. She kept trying to like make up stuff that made no sense. Like, it didn't make sense every time. And it's a common list of foods that when we were kids, same same deal. I remember the same thing, denying foods. Right. Like, how did you know that? How did you even know to say no to that? But I don't even know what it tastes like. But like when it's a cookie or something or pizza, everyone loved it. But even before, you had to try it the first time. So why did you try the pizza? Right. What is it about something that looks tasty and doesn't? Effie actually thought it was just going to be. It doesn't make sense. So now whenever she says like she doesn't want to do something and she doesn't have any frame of reference, I just look at her and go, why? And she can't ever answer. She's only three. But um, okay, I'm just going to keep asking. Give me a reason. I'm going to keep hitting her until she starts giving me reasons. Not hitting her physically like you do to your kids. (laughs) No, absolutely. Only when we're doing our WWE tag team. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dropped a couple of bows. And Abby almost broke my, I don't even know, the other day. I uh, do something with her when she was younger. She used to just booty bomb me on my stomach. She'd just stand up and just drop on me. And then I was not ready for it this time. And I was out of nowhere. She did it. And now she's like 38 pounds. Yeah, so it hurts. Oh, my God. I almost peed my pants. Yeah, I wasn't ready for it. Was, yeah, she only does that a lot. Kids are crazy, man. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So what else you got? I got everything. I can keep going. Um, I got so, a couple minutes before, before she starts hollering. Yeah, he'll get I'm start getting some text messages. Let me think if there's any brain, brain busters that we want. Um, okay, so your group of friends, um, like Tommy and all those guys, you guys are a pretty solid group right there, right? Now, what's your core? What's your core base friends that you have right now? So I think you can. So nowadays that you think, see, that you hang oh, out. Oh, see, yeah, they hang out. I was just say communicate because now it's like if real I, life. I look at like like we're talking. Um. So yeah. So like my core group, like Tommy and he's in Buffalo. Tommy's in he Buffalo. does come by. Yeah, not as. I mean, yeah, he does come by. He does come by, but it's not. How often? I guess the, the real question I wanted to get to is how often do you actually hang out with either another couple or another friend where you grab a couple of beers, share a couple of laughs? Uh, I would say a couple times a month, and we try to get out with. We try to get out with another couple or like a group of friends, you know, mixed couples once a month. I'd like it to be maybe two or three times, but right. again, scheduling could be. Well, it's hard for kids and yeah, babysitters and stuff. Yeah, variety of, of different things that come up. Or if your kid, you plan something, a lot of times if they get sick, you're not leaving them with it. Even if it's grandparents, you want to be home for them if they're really sick. Right. So that, oh, yeah, for sure. Sick. Yeah, kids are always sick. Like kids are sick every like, night. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And they get sick a lot. Um, and then I will, I will meet up with like, um, I got some buddies in the air, like uh, Travis Darbo. He lives he lives down in uh, Canada, but we'll meet up and watch a ball game. Uh, Yasin, uh, Eric Miller, Jeff Slater, Bond. The Miller sometimes will meet up. Yeah, Miller's fun. But he's got two boys. He's got two boys. Right, right, seven or eight, like five. So yeah, so we we went sliding with them a couple weeks ago, like the last real good weekend of, uh, of snowfall. So we went sliding, but he's always up for a good time. Um, but it's not like it used even five, six years ago. Right. Where I'd meet out with buddies in, in the village here. It just doesn't happen as much. I think it can change moving forward. And the kids are younger, maybe when they're, they're the older and they can like kind of hang out by themselves at yeah. home and stuff. I think things like that can change. I want it to change. Or if they go to a friend's house and they're sleeping over or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. Oh, that'll be funny. 
when your kids have sleepovers and you're like, all right, friend, that like you call your friends, like, dude, we're having people over tonight. Yeah, exactly. Kids right. at Billy's house sleeping over. We're good. Right. You like egg your, your daughter. Hey, do you have anywhere you can sleep over tonight? Right, right. right. Exactly. You get to open your eyeballs. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's creating a fine balance. And, you know, it's important to have time with your significant other, be able to go out and like talk and not necessarily like with your kids right there and if not it was do you guys share hobbies you know what do you uh, talk about when you go out to dinner it's not the kids uh, i try to make funny jokes and right. she doesn't always laugh i'm like i, oh, I natasha I, doesn't think i'm, I'm funny a big like add so i like i'm always around looking around and like i i observe and point out things right so she, I'm, she's kind of like getting pig person to just laugh at me on those kind of things. Uh, Natasha likes like, laughing at me. Yeah, she, she laughs at me. I can't make her laugh um, unless she's laughing at me, which yeah. is fine. I don't mind being the clown. Yeah, common interest, not, not a ton. Like we, we will try to watch like TV shows and docs together and then we'll talk about the, those things or we'll just catch up on like work conversation. Like she'll tell me about it. Right. Her experiences at work that week or I'll tell her some stories from um, school. Uh, yeah, so. That's how it goes. I mean, I asked Keith uh, the same question. He had been married many, 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 many years. And he's like, I don't even think we talked about anything. <laughs> I don't know what we talked about. We didn't even like the same show. It was great. And I guess uh, for my wife and I, we we're so consumed in, in the building and designing the building and doing this and working on it and opening it. And fans and lights and all that's all we talk about so you know moving forward i'm sure maybe we'll have more to talk about but but cool, yeah it's funny busy. Like, yeah it's, it's planning and just discussing all your options and moving forward with the building and the project that it is which is a big project are you close with your sister yeah we've got yeah we've got well, they live, so she, she lives close in buffalo to oh, she's in buffalo. Yeah, that's, that's close she my parents my family lives in different states so yeah see that's tough what about your parents? Do they live local? My parents live right in the airport. What about yeah, Nina's parents? And they live down in Kennedy. Right? Oh, awesome. So, so you've got like your parents, yeah, like, your kids, for sure. they got it. They got it made. Grandparents. The kids are with you guys got people to watch the kids and they're with their grandparents. They're with my parents. My parents watch them all week, weekdays. So they're, oh, they're that's, oh, that's so great. So they're that's with great. them all the kids. Time. And then Amanda's mom is Are your parents retired? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So Amanda's mom uh, on the weekends is always, you know, always getting together with the kids. So there's no shortage of time that they get to spend. I found a lot of kids' stories start with their grandparents. Yeah. Like when we're talking about our dads, uh, you know, working or whatever, you know, all that stuff, not getting a lot of uh, emotional stuff. I feel like the grandparents, if you're lucky enough to have grandparents close, they step into that role. And since they've already raised, you know, like you, or me, they've already done the, the grinding with work and kids and the stress and stuff, and they're able to kind of get their hands more in the, the kid. So did you see that with your dad? Yeah, for sure. Like, they, like their time with the kids, it's all like leisure and entertainment. Like it's fun and laughs and just cherishing those moments. It's not necessary. It's, and it's telling stories. I, I hear my dad and my mom tell a lot of stories from like when I was a kid or when they were kids. Right. It's like that storytelling mixed with just sitting and having fun with the kids. And my kids will like sit down with my, my dad, especially reading them books for like an hour. But when it's time for me 
they want to like play, like physical play and bouncing around and wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with my parents and grand grandparents, it's like that cherished time and like good quality, like leisure and like sitting down and listening to them read to them. Well, it's because your dad won't let so, him jump on them. Yeah, true. He's like, how are more common? Right. Not setting the house now on it. I'm the so, grandpa. Yeah. What do they call your grandparents? Uh, or your grandparents. So this is funny. This is, you'll enjoy this. So, um, with both grandmas, Finley's first, Finley would call both of them Grammy to start. So we were like, we have to distinguish. So we call Amanda's mom has glasses. She always wears glasses. So they call her Grammy with glasses. <laughs> My mom is Scottish. So they call her Grammy with accent. They with accent. Yes. Oh, so they will call out Grammy with accent. Grammy's glasses. It's so, it, at first they were like, well, but now it's, they like it. Right. Both grandparents love it. Like, it's pretty. That's funny. It's pretty funny. That's good that they, I mean, you guys couldn't come. They both really, like, put their foot in the ground about the Grammy, though, I guess. Yeah, no, it's Grandpa. Um, was there a power struggle with Grandpa? Grandpa they came up, so that's easy. Grandpa, Papa. Uh, were they both, were the parents like, uh, I want to be Grammy. Tell I, I, I think so, a little bit. But once they, <laughs> once they became closer, the two, two grandmas, and, like, just understood that it doesn't really, like, doesn't really matter at the end of the day. So it worked out perfect because they're both Grammy. Right. And now it's just the extension. Might just, so I think it's going to be like glasses. Because I remember them asking, what are they going to call us? And then I, I actually, I can take credit because I came up with those nicknames. Right. Stuff. So they'll always be that. Right. You know what I mean? Might so just be like, glasses. Hey, glasses, come over here. Until my mom gets glasses. And right. And it's just like, hey, accent, get over here. Every accessory <laughs> they obtain, they have to add it on a change on describe what Just describe what it was wearing for the day. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, my uh, kids, own, my parents live in California. We're going to go visit soon, so that'll be nice for them to see. Would that be the first time? Like, no, no, they, or like we're actually going to Utah. Uh, my sister's getting married, um, but everyone's going to be there. It'll be the first time we're all together, like all the, the siblings and all the grandkids. So that'll be interesting. See how that goes. That'll be awesome. Yeah. And Rob has, does Rob have one? Or Rob's got Cola, Colette. Yeah, one, one so daughter. Dog. He's, how old he's bringing her. She's uh, just six months. She's turning three sometime in the next week. I don't know the exact date. So close to Africa. Like just yeah, right. super close. Six months, six months away. So they're together. That'll be awesome. I think they're going to be, yeah. there's something about family that's like, you know, even if you haven't talked to somebody in 10 years, like my family's not, extended family's not very close. But there's still something like if, if whatever reason someone's coming here and um, wanted to stop by, I'd be so happy to see him. Yeah. Even even if I haven't talked to him for 30 years and 35, maybe I met him or saw him in five. I don't care. There's something about and it. Probably would familiar. This would be pretty easy to like keep a conversation. Oh yeah. You'd probably slide right in to be friends or whatever. And then just talking to all the family members and everything. It wouldn't be. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that part of it too. It was we. Uh, I saw my 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 uncle Don visited, and I hadn't talked to him in a decade, over a decade, and uh, he happened to be in town um, for whatever reasons. Um, and we went and had dinner and caught up. I tried to bust his balls about his brothers and sisters, and just tried to mess around with them. It was cool. I was happy to do it. Cool. You know, anyone who comes to town, hit me up. Yeah, for sure. Because I want to say hi. Yeah, anyone, I don't care. I'm really talk to whatever. Um, well, it's 8.18. What's your deal? I have to go. It's time. It's that time? It's time. Well, I mean, you got to make it home for that. that 
sometimes <laughs> conflicting uh, bedtime routine, you know? Um, so I, I've got to get going. I get, I, I know, I was going to see if you wanted to catch a beer and play a game in the pool or something. That would be awesome. However, I probably, I, I, let's see, I'm going to grab my phone here. Yeah, my wife told me twice so far. Yeah, I did, okay, I did. I just have a mess, mess tax at 744. Oh, uh, you're done. Still going. It's already 820. That was 40 minutes ago. And I did tell her initially eight, but she was a little, she was late 10 minutes. Ten, no, about 20 minutes. So we've oh. extended it. Because on the Google Cal, I did mark out six to eight. So now we're in 620 to 820. So that's kind of wrapping up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so that's going to wrap it up. This is the second podcast, Father or Two, with a fellow father or two. Uh, I'm sure there's some topics that, I, uh, you know, we didn't get into. That I, I don't write anything down. We just go in here and have a conversation. That's what you're talking True podcast. End of the, uh, okay, so you're Father or Two, I'm Father or Two. And uh, there are people who are going to have kids. One, two, three, four, five. Um, what would you tell them? before they had the kids to expect or something that that works for you or something that works for the relationship because of the kids is there something that, that you want yeah i'd say the the thing that popped in my mind as you were saying that um first thing i'll just so the honest truth the first thing that popped in my mind was having patience i think that's really key with um patience with the kids, like especially those first couple of months where it's brand new to you, you have to have patience, especially with your your uh, your partner, um, your significant other. You have to have patience um, interacting with them and then just be there. Uh, you know, some people with jobs can't be there all, but in terms of being there to be helpful when you understand, yes, and just whatever resources you need to provide and help, you need to, you need to be there. And I would say, also just like cherish every moment and be prepared because it changes your life um and you have to limit your other priorities have now changed so those priorities need to shift to the kid and you'll slowly get some of your priorities stuff back it just takes time yeah it's zero to five you lose everything i think when your kids aren't in school and then i mean for you guys uh because you said the grandparents watch kids during the week and then, um, you know, you guys come home from work and then it's like right into the routine. Yeah. You know, basically you get a couple hours and right into the bedtime routine, you do it all over again. Yeah. So it, it definitely is a grind, you know, in the, the early ages, whether you're at home or working nine to five or your kids are in daycare, it, you don't get to take your foot off the gas pretty much ever. Yeah. You're, you're always on call. Yeah. So waiting for those times where you can, when I can relax a little more, but I don't think, I think I have a couple more years heading for that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, 98% of the time it's a good busy, you know, it's just, it is, you judge, that's what you, you are now a responsible parent and it's your duty and you love these kids. So you do whatever you need to them, but you've got to make sure your priorities are switched a little bit or else. What's the point of having kids? It, I mean, there could be a, that could be a whole another. <laughs> John's trying to open up. John's trying to get a question. I'm going to go for forty. I'm getting a, well. No, it just it's just how a whole bit of flows. I mean, because like you know, we're all walking this earth, and we're just humans on two feet, and uh, everyone else is too, and, and and like then we have these kids, and then now it's just people we're responsible for. Right. It's like okay, now I'm responsible for you. What do you get in return? 
it's another it's the I guess it's <laughs> undeniable love and relationship. And yeah, no, kids that we're in. Kids are great. The highs and lows is what it is, I guess. You don't get as high. You don't get the highs if you don't have the kids a different type of high or, or, or love or friendship or whatever yeah. that you get from kids that you wouldn't have any other way. And life's about experiences. So kids are an experience. And then you experience grandkids and down the line, if your kids watch it around. Yeah, you can um, imagine. I can't even imagine that my kids having kids and just not crazy ugly, but also very cool. So I see my grand, grand, grandparents or head over heels for grandkids. I, I think about it. When I have grandkids, whenever, if I did, oh, I'm going to torture my kids. That's going to be my goal. Just, well, let's not think about that. Uh, That's a long time for now. So let's be in the moment. Right. Right. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up. Well, thanks, Dave. This was cool, man. Uh, we'll have to get that, uh, we'll play pool and get a beer another time. And then maybe next time we'll, we'll crack a couple and we'll do it at, I'll, I'm going to say, I'm in the studio in my house soon. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Or we or find out first at our halfway spot on like a, a weekend one. A little more time. Plan it out. Maybe we could do uh, one with a bunch of people and just have it be chaos. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, just for fun. You'd have to have people raise their hand to talk or else you're just going to have seven people trying to talk a lot. That's Plus, a you've got set some norms. Right. Set some norms and roles. And well, I, what, what I've learned, and I've been talking with my, my brother Rob a lot, is there's a total art to conversation and a pause and give people a chance to finish and interrupting. And some people are just not good at it. Some people are bragging on this. Okay, peace out. Thanks. If you listen to this whole thing, which probably zero people are going to. No, we're going to boost it up. Okay, we're going to boost it up. This is Dave Gross we're talking about here, guys. This isn't just like some guy. Give me a number. Give me a number. What kind of what kind of views? How many views you think? Uh, I don't want to give you a number because I think you're going to be depressed. Another number. <laughs> I, I think we can, we, can, we can get 200, 200 listens. Whoa, that would be huge. We can get 200 listens. Uh, okay, well, we'll go over that. I uh, think that... Uh, I think that... The reason for this podcast is selfish for me is because I want to find out, I, I want to spend time with people I like, and I want to find out, um, and I didn't dig so deep into this one about him, his upbringing and why you became such a kind, positive person, because uh, you are a kind, positive person. And um, I did want to dig a little more to why you became that way. We, we, did we get shed a little light into it when you're being bullied? And you thought to yourself, apparently, that you wanted to bring more people in. And um, the only way to do that is, you know, to be a nice guy. So, you know, a little humor, too. And just like, you know, humor's key. Yeah, the humor. And the key and the, yeah, humor is key. Yeah. Far jokes. Okay. So. See you later. We're out.